Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas. And this is episode number 292, 292. How are you doing? How are you doing? Every last one of you, you wonderful, incredible bastards. Thank you very much for listening to this crap yet again. Now, folks, if you've been following me on social media, you notice that I put out a little poll before I recorded this. And I wanted to find out what you thought about something. And the poll was about a sandwich with a bug on it. Okay, like say, say for the sake of argument, you're in a, you're in a, you're in a restaurant or something like that, or even in your own home. It doesn't matter. And a bug falls from the ceiling and the lands on the top of your club sandwich. What would you do? Now, in this particular scenario, you see the bug fall and land on the top of the sandwich. You sweep the bug off the sandwich. Do you eat the sandwich? I mean, do you just straight up eat the sandwich and say, screw it? Do you pinch off the part that you saw the bug on? Or do you just toss the sandwich or do you take the top slice off, realizing that it's a club sandwich, which means three layers, bread, meat and stuff, bread, meat and stuff, bread. Technically, you could take the top slice off because you saw the bug land on the top slice, throw the top slice off, take the middle slice, shake the meat into the sandwich, flip the, the, the slice over and make another sandwich. What would you do? What would you do? And I asked you a question and I wanted to find out. And as of the time I hit the record button on this, on my stuff, my, my equipment here. The vast majority of you were like, ah, ha, 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 no, trash that sandwich, push it in the trash. And I said I would tell you what I did in the similar scenario, and I will now tell you what I did. And it happened recently, meaning within the last year. What did I do? I threw that crap in the trash. Now, in my particular scenario, there were friends there and we were at a place that was not it was like a bar type area. And it wasn't like the cleanest bar because sometimes you like to go to your corner bar, tavern, sports, whatever. And it's not one of those new ritzy type places where everything is spit shine and light smells like Lysol and happiness. No, this place smelled like popcorn, a little bit of beer, a hint of vomit and a little bit of despair. Not a problem. That's what bars are supposed to smell like. Damn it. Yeah, that's right. So we're eating the sandwich and the bug flies down. Bow lands on my sandwich. And I said, I, I, I and I tossed that crap. But I realized that essentially what that is, is that's current or recent me that did that recent or current me that did that. But I'm going to admit something to you, my bastards. I'm going to admit something to you. It's 30 years ago. I was a teenager. I'm going to admit it because what difference does it make? I've admitted the more embarrassing things about myself over the past four years. This ain't even in the top 50. <laughs> All right. This is teenage me, meaning no car yet me, meaning recent license me or no license me. I don't remember, but at the very least, I did not have a car and I was living in Philadelphia at the time. And I go to South Philadelphia because I want to go to the place in my hometown where the legendary cheesesteaks and hoagies are made. Legendary cheesesteaks and hoagies are made. Legendary cheesesteaks and hoagies are M-A-D-E exclamation point big dot made. And I go to a place I I don't remember the name of the place, but you can't really get a bad cheesesteak or a pad or a bad hoagie in South Philadelphia. You can't do it. You can actually go down to South Philadelphia with the intention of finding a bad cheesesteak or hoagie and you can't do it. You can't do it. There aren't any. They're all great. You're damn right. So I have my 
Okay, I'm going to admit it. I had a hoagie and a cheesesteak. Shut up. Don't judge me. I just didn't feel like going back. <sighs> so we get home and it's a, it's a long trip when you don't have a car. If well, you catch one bus and it's a nice long ride, you try to catch the next bus. If you miss the bus, oh no. You got to add another 20 minutes to it. Oh no. And sometimes the bus will be so full you have to catch the bus after the bus that just showed up. Oh no. And all of a sudden the trip that would take you 20 minutes in your car takes an hour. Maybe even longer than that to get home. Oh no. Not a big deal. I take the hoagie. I put that in the refrigerator for later consumption. You damn right. And the cheesesteak. Oh, hell no. I'm about to tear the cheesesteak up into the O to the W exclamation point. Big dot. Now you damn right. I open up the cheesesteak and I'm sitting and looking at the cheesesteak. It's still a little bit warm, but not warm enough. I wrap it back up. I put it in the oven. I turn the oven up to about 300 degrees. I put it there. I sit down. I actually have a chair in the kitchen. I pull the chair up to the oven. The oven has one of those glass openings. I'm looking in there. I don't know why I'm looking in there, but I'm looking in there. I'm looking at the cheesesteak and the cheesesteak's looking back at me going, you're going to love me. And I went, I know, damn it, because you're a cheesesteak from South Philadelphia and I'm about to tear you up. You're daggone right. I'm looking at the TV, then I'm looking at the cheesesteak, the cheesesteak's looking back at me, the cheesesteak's looking at the TV, and I said, hey, cheesesteak, stop looking at the TV, I'm about to eat you, where you're going, there are no TVs, and then cheesesteak said, yeah, I know there's no cheesesteaks in your intestines, that's why I'm enjoying TV now, because there's no cheesesteak there. And I went, good job, cheesesteak. I open it up. I take the cheesesteak out. I put the cheesesteak on the cabinet, on the counter. I open up the cheesesteak. And of course, they don't put enough ketchup in there because there's never enough ketchup when it comes to a cheesesteak. You got to put in more ketchup. So I put in more ketchup. But I got to be honest with you, much like my tuna hoagies, you're damn right. I pulled out the spicy mustard. You're damn right spicy. I threw it in there. I took a fork and I mixed it up a little bit. Got my juice ready. Don't need the chips because this is a big cheesesteak. And I'm looking at the cheesesteak and I'm about to eat the cheesesteak. And I realize that the window is open. The window is open. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. A cool breeze is coming in. But a cool breeze is not the only thing that came in. What else came in? A damn bug flew in. And I didn't even pay attention to the bug because I'm too busy looking at the cheesesteak. And I'm about to tear this cheesesteak up and then watch this movie while eating the cheesesteak. And then the bug lands in my cheesesteak and I didn't see the bug land in the cheesesteak and I knew the bug wasn't in the cheesesteak when I opened it up and I realized that the bug flew in through the window that I had opened and now he's on my cheesesteak <laughs> and there's no cheesesteak place in the area that I was living at the time that it even comes close to the flavor and deliciousness of the cheesesteak that's in front of me and I'm not riding an hour back to go to South Philly to, to get to get another cheesesteak and ride back another hour and start this process over again and I have to make a quick choice teenage me teenage me has to make a quick choice you spent six bucks on this cheesesteak it was a long time ago that was a lot of money then shut up and I'm going on oh. <laughs> And I'm looking, I'm going, well, I, the bug was like, the bug is like right there, you know? So technically I, 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 I could just chop out this section of it, take an inch out of the middle of this cheesesteak and throw it away. And then there'll be, there'll be a whole nother 11 inches of cheesesteak that, 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 that the bug didn't touch. But I don't know whether the bug flew and popped around the different parts of the cheesesteak. Six bucks and two more hours to get to, to replace this thing. I've been thinking about it so long. It's been past five seconds so the five second rule doesn't apply. And I can't convince myself to make up an 11 second rule because that's just gross. 
And then I started rationalizing. Wait a minute. I don't really need to cut an inch out of it. I mean, it's like the bug's kind of small. It's not, I mean, the bug obviously is staying in the same place. So it's not like the bug went to another part of the sandwich, didn't like it, and then hopped across the part of the sandwich until it found a part of the sandwich that it likes. The bug landed right here, right here. And it's on this one little chunk of meat hanging off to the side. So technically the bug didn't really i don't know what okay there's two bugs but they're, but they're kind of close together they're actually in the same place maybe they know each other and then maybe the first bug said to the second bug hey don't worry about touching the rest of the cheesesteak land right here jack we can eat this part right here my brother we can eat this part right here so i take a napkin and i wheeze up to the sandwich where i see the two bugs and i'm waiting for them to get engaged in conversation so they can't see me and the, the bugs are just eating and then and i'm afraid they're going to start moving around so i go up to the bug and i do my best bug impression i go bzz, 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 bzz. what about that game and then the bugs start going yeah what about that game did you say it and then they started talking about the game and then i took a napkin i picked those two bastards out of my sandwich and crushed them in my fingers and i said yeah the game is called me killing your bug asses and I threw their dead crushed asses in the toilet of the damn trash can and then I took another thing and I dug a little deeper in the sandwich and pulled the piece out and rolled it up and threw it in the trash can and then I ate that thing yeah damn right I know the couple of bugs landed on it but it cost me six bucks and it would take me two hours to replace it and another six bucks which was a lot of money at the time screw y'all and I wasn't about to do it I was a teenager give me a break and I wasn't about to do it and I ate that crap you're damn right but that was me then that was me then me now well, first of all, me now would have not even opened up the damn window and even given the bugs a chance to get in. Oh, no. Maybe I would even have taken the sandwich and put it by the window and waved it so the bugs could smell it. And then when the bugs and smacked into the screen, I would have put my middle finger up and going, ha ha, nice try, jackasses. This sandwich is for me, punks. But that was then me. That was me then. Me now, like I said, I got that sandwich, a bug landed on it. I threw that crap in the trash, bam, and just bought another one. But I asked you guys that question because I wanted to find out if you thought the same way that I do. Current me, like I said, I don't play that crap. I don't know where that bug was. I don't know if that bug just flew off some dog crap and then flew into the house and landed on my daggone sandwich. I don't want a dog crap cheesesteak. Hell no. I don't play that crap. And another thing is I just... I'll be honest with you. I hate bugs. They're little pieces of crap. I never understood... I literally remember when I was a kid, and this is going to sound completely dumb. I know it's dumb, but I was a kid. Give me a break. I was in the house by myself. I was young enough to be in the house, like the very beginning of being young enough to be in the house by myself. My mom had left. I was here. My sister was over somebody else's house, and I wasn't going to be going to kick it with my friends until a few hours later. So I'm by the house, in the house by myself. And someone left the window open and there were flies in the house, about five or six flies, right? And there was no bug spray around. 
So I made up my own bug spray. I don't even know what I put in there, but whatever it was, when I sprayed it on the bugs, it made them fly funny. And I got a kick out of it. I loved it. I got a whole spray bottle. I don't know what I put in there. Whatever I put in there, I sprayed in it and it really annoyed the bugs. It made them fly funny and and they would fly into the wall and, and fall to the ground, shake around a little while. And eventually they would start feeling good again and start flying around and they would buzz around my ears. I didn't have a problem with them being in the house. All I ask the bugs to do, all I ask flies to do and stuff like that is go buzz your punk ass over there somewhere. Why you got to keep flying into my ear? Why you got to keep flying in my face? Why you got to keep flying, flying into my food? You don't have to do that crap. There's plenty of dog crap outside, plenty of trash outside, plenty of things outside. There's, look at that car over there. Some birds crapped on that car. You eat crap, right? Go over there and do that. You're not, you're not bothering anybody. But no, those little pieces of crap decided to bug me. So I made my concoction in a spray bottle. And I had already tested it. I sprayed a little bit on, on the flies. And in the, in the mist, you know when you spray a spray bottle and sometimes it comes out as a stream and sometimes it comes out as a mist. Well, I decided to make it a mist. And when a fly would fly through it, it would obviously annoy them and agitate them and bother them the way they bothered me. And I was happy about that. And I didn't have anything to do anyway. And I had a big spray bottle full of whatever the hell I put in that bottle back then that annoyed the flies. I don't know what it is, but it pissed them off. And it became a game to me because they kept bothering me. I just sit down just trying to watch a cartoon or something. Just trying to watch a TV soon. Trying to just trying to watch a rerun of uh, Laverne and Shirley or Happy Days or Three's Company, whatever the hell was on in syndication back then. I just wanted to watch those shows and I would sit down minding my own business right in my ear. These little pieces of crap. I'd swat at it and sometimes I'd hit the fly and the fly would smack against the wall. And I'm going, ha ha, good die, punk. And I'd look down at the fly and the fly would look dead and I'm going, ha, I'll pick you. And then the fly would get back up. Little piece of crap. And you would figure when something is about 10,000 times bigger than you and it slaps the crap out of you and knocks you across the room and bounces you off a wall and you fall what is to you 50 stories. And you would figure that thing would leave you alone. But no, it just got angrier and angrier. And all of a sudden, I think I swear to goodness, I saw the fly fly across the room, get a bunch of other flies. The flies looked at me and I saw them all point to me and I hear really, really low. Get him. I said, what did, what did they just say? Get him. I said, they, they, the flies just said, get him. And the next thing you know, I got a bunch of flies buzzing around my ear. And I'm telling you one of them said, you fat bastard. And I'm like, you, because I was fat back then. Actually, I'm kind of fat now, but I was fat back then, but not as fat as I am now. But I won't be fat for long. F y'all back to the story. Little bastards. So that's why I made the concoction. And I got it in the spray bottle. And now I have it hooked into my little punk teen, preteen belt. And I'm walking around the house. Listen, punks. Those are my ears. And the only thing I want in my ears is stuff I want in my ears. Music and cartoons and stuff. You're not invited, punks. I didn't want this war, but you started it. And now I'm going to finish it, punks. And the fly starts flying around me and I swat at him with my hands. And the fly does a bunch of quick moves and, and it's, oh, I can't hit the fly because flies can react faster than humans because we're so big that we can't react as fast as they are. It's just physics, my friends. But you know what does react fast? This spray bottle. Yeah. 
and I have it set on missile. You can't, you can't fly through the, the droplets of this concoction that I annoy annoys you, you little piece of crap. And a fly flies by, got him. He flies crooked, bang, hits the wall, falls down. Yeah. And I was, that would do that to them, but they kept recovering. And then I looked at the spray bottle and realized that the spray bottle doesn't just have a mist setting. It has a stream setting. Oh, yeah. Now, it's going to require a lot more accuracy on my part. And it's going to use more liquid, but it's worth it. I walk up to the first fly. The fly looks at me like <laughs> he's going to use that mist crap again. It's going to annoy me for about two minutes, but I'll be fine. I said, oh, really? Is that what, that what you think? <laughs> Hit him with the stream. Bam. Knocked him off the leaf of the plant. And he falls down into the substance and he starts suffering bad. And I was going to go over it and spray him one more time, but it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. I watched him die. And that's right. And you would figure after watching one of their friends die a miserable death at the hands of you-know-who, me, with my death juice, you would figure that little punk asses, the other five little punk asses would have just backed the hell off and went about their way. But the little punk asses, we're going to do this for him. I said, oh, I got something else for you. Hit another one with a stream. It actually hit two of them, the dumb bastards. Killed them both, you're damn right. And now there's only a couple, maybe there's three left. Actually, there were two left because one of them wasn't paying attention. And I just actually hit him with the bottle and crushed his ass. And there were two. You're damn right. And then I thought, wait a second. I got more three quarters of a bottle left. More than enough to kill these bastards. But I'm going to enjoy killing these bastards. I turn it back to the mist setting. I walk up to the one that's the closest to me. He's expecting the stream setting. So he goes, he can't hit me with the stream setting from this distance. He can't do it. Ah, I hit him with the mist. He flies through the mist. He gets dizzy. Then I turn it back to the stream setting. And while he's on his way down, Hit him three times, bam, dead, done, one left. You're damn right. And it was the ringleader, that bastard, his punk ass. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me. I turn it back to the mist setting, spray the mist at him, miss him. He flies by and gives me the little fly middle finger with his little punk ass. He flies towards me like he's going to try to fly at my face. I swing at him. He goes, ha ha, take that punk. And I actually wind up slapping myself in the eye. That little bastard. I chased him around the house with the mist in the stream for the next 35 minutes. The whole house is whatever that crap juice I made is all over the damn place. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's not a problem. It'll dry up before my mom gets back. It doesn't matter. When I'm down to my last few pumps of juice. And I missed him a whole bunch of times. And now he's starting to taunt my ass with his punk ass. Looking at him. and He's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. I'm realizing I got maybe five or six mists, maybe two streams left. I have to make a choice because if I do two, three streams, I won't have enough. Three mists, I won't have enough for two streams. If I do one stream, I'll cut down on the mists. It's like being in a football game in the Super Bowl. The game is running. The clock is running down. There's two seconds left on the clock. You're down by five points. You got one play left. What are you going to do, my friend? What are you going to do? You have to pull this out. You got to win this game. And I got to get this bastard because, quite frankly, I've been running around the house like a jackass, cursing at flies and shooting 
contempt, whatever that crap is I had in the spray bottle. And I realized what an embarrassment this is because imagine if someone had recorded this and they had me running, they wouldn't even really be able to see the flies. They'd just be seeing a preteen boy running around the house with a spray bottle in his damn pants like a gun talking in Clint Eastwood's voice and looking like a dope. I'd probably wind up having to go to therapy and they'd be going, Boy, do you really think your cleanies would run around the house shooting at stuff that's not really there? And then I would have to say there is something there. There's flies and they're talking to me. There's flies are talking to me. And they would go, the flies were talking to you. And then I'd get committed. <laughs> and even though this is over 30 years ago, I, I, I still might. I probably should just edit this whole segment out and just not do a podcast this week because I just admitted there's going to be a lot of people hearing this. They, they, well, screw you people. It's too late. I'm finishing what happened. So I'm looking at the fly and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I go to my belt. And at this point, the fly actually, before I even got a chance to put my hand down for the spray bottle, as soon as I put my hand towards the spray bottle, he flew off. Oh, then I realized now the fact that he flew off before I even sprayed at him. The fact that he flew off before I even sprayed at him means he knew he was afraid. Oh, I noticed he wasn't saying anything wrong now. He wasn't saying anything disparaging about my mom now. He wasn't saying anything about my family now. He wasn't trying to say disgusting comments as he flew by and in my ear now. He's afraid. Even though there's not that much liquid left, he's afraid and he should be afraid because now I'm focused like a laser punk. <laughs> And I turn off the lights in the room. And then I go into the next room and I turn off more lights. And I close the curtain. I close the curtain. All the lights in the, in the house are off. There's no place for him to go. And then I walk over to the TV screen in the kitchen. And I turn it on. You know how much flies love light, right? I didn't know why I didn't think of this before. And I just sit there and wait. The trap has been laid. There's no way in the world he can resist that light. He cannot resist it. It's the only light in the room. Oh, I'm just sitting there like a sniper waiting for his punk ass. Zzz, I hear the buzzing of his little punk ass flying. And zzz, he lands on the screen. Oh, yeah, but I was about to blast his punk ass. But then it turns out it's a commercial on for camping and the screen is kind of dark <sighs> but it's also which was great a commercial for a camping light so all of a sudden and if you're out in the dark and you're trapped in the dark with your family blah, 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 super light and the light of the screen goes really really bright and while he's looking at the screen I come up on the mist setting hit him with the mist setting and the stuff that it had in the bottle kind of stuck him through the screen a little bit and he's trying to fly away but he can't. And I know I got about five or six seconds. So I turn it to the stream setting. I walk up to the TV screen. He's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him. And I pull and I aim and I got the bottle right at his punk ass. And I got my finger right on the spray bottle nozzle. And it's now turn the stream and I angle it down so we can see that it's on stream and then I angle it back up at his ass and I say to him you probably shouldn't have buzzed in my ear bitch and he goes 
<laughs> he wanted to say something, but that juice that stuck him to the to the damn TV screen had fallen in his mouth, and now he can't say crap. I know he wanted to put up the middle finger, but his little wings were stuck. And then I squeezed and hit him with a big stream, and it was what he fell off the the thing off the TV screen onto the counter. I got a napkin. I walked up to him. I plucked him onto the napkin, and I looked down at his punk ass. And he's looking up at me, and I tied, I rolled the napkin up, but I made it a point not to crush him. I wanted him alive, and I walk over to the stove, and I turn the stove on. Oh, you're damn right. And I lit that shit on fire and burnt his bitch ass up. Also my fingers, because I was a stupid kid. What the hell am I doing? And then I took that, and I threw it into the into the sink, turn on the water, turn on the garbage disposal. I know it wasn't necessary. I know he was already dead, but I just wanted to make it even worse. I wanted to rub it in. You're damn right. Then I took the spray bottle, opened it up, rinsed it out, washed it out real good, and put water back in there. Because my mother wanted to spray her plants with it. She didn't need to know about the vicious massacre that had happened in the house when my battle with the bugs had taken place. And by the time she had come back, all the water and crap I had sprayed all over the house had dried up. There was no evidence of the deadly hand-to-hand -hand combat chasing to every room of the house battle that had just happened. But even if there was evidence, it wouldn't have mattered. Because I was victorious. I had killed the six flies. Oh, yeah. I should have told her that I had done it. She probably would have been proud of me. Son? Yes, Mom. Let me ask you a question. Yes, Mom. Were there six flies in this house? Yes, Mom. Did you let six flies in this house and you did nothing about it? Mom, as a matter of fact, I did do something about it. What did you do, boy? Well, I made a concoction. What kind of concoction? The kind of concoction that when it's sprayed as a mist, it annoys the flies. But when it's sprayed as a stream, it kills the flies. Really? And did you make that concoction? As a matter of fact, I did. And what did you do? I chased them around the house for 92 minutes and killed them all. Oh, that's great. What about the concoction? Did you... Wait a minute. Did you mess up one of my spray bottles that I used for the plants? No, Mom. As a matter of fact, after viciously murdering those unwanted, disgusting, crap-flying-on-and-eating house guests, I washed out the bottle and filled it back with distilled water just like you like. Good job, son. Thanks, Mom. Thanks a lot. You're my favorite child now. <laughs> I already knew that. <laughs> I did not realize my sister and brother were now hearing this. <laughs> and they have a... They, and then, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest of them, so there's a good chance that they will be picking my old folks home. So I would love to decide, Mom, maybe you should say that you love us equally. Uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, great. <laughs> That's not helping. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just hate bugs, guys. I hate their guts. I hate them. Hate them. Even even a couple of years ago, when my, I, I'm one of those guys that I, I had an exterminator that I was happy with, and I recommended him to at the, where the place I was living at the time. At, this was me as an adult, by the way. Um, uh, I recommended to the exterminator to my left neighbor and my right neighbor, and we always had it coordinated. But there was a time when uh, we weren't coordinated. I was out doing some gigs and I was away for a while, and they watched my place. Great. And I come back and I had bugs, not a lot of bugs, but me, one bug is bugs too many. Okay. And I had a couple of bugs. And if you like to say, if you see a couple of bugs, you know, there's more damn bugs, right? 
And the exterminator comes in and he's going to do the spray thing. But I didn't trust the spray thing. He did the gel thing. And I didn't know what the gel thing was at the time. They put a gel down. The bugs eat the gel. The, the bugs go back to the nest. The bugs die. The other bugs eat the bug that died from the poison. And then they get poisoned. And then they die. And the other bugs eat them. And then they die. And so on and so forth. But one of the things you can't do when you use the gel instead of the spray, because you can't use both, is you cannot spray the bugs for two days, which means you actually have to see bugs walking around and do nothing. You know how frustrating it is to see a bug and you want to kill that bastard, but you know you can't kill that bastard because if you kill that bastard, his poisoned ass going to go back to the nest and kill the rest of those bastards. And you're walking. You know what, know what, know what the really, this is what I felt like. You're sitting there and you're at, you're at your desk and you see a bug crawl across your desk and you hate the fact that that bug is there, but you know the bug just ate the poison and the bug's looking at you like, you gonna do something, punk? And the whole time you're looking at him going, you don't even realize you just ate poison. You're gonna be dead in about four minutes. You're gonna be back in your little nest with the rest of those little piece of crap bugs. You're gonna die. They're gonna eat you and then they're gonna die and then they're gonna die and the other ones are gonna eat them. You feel like one of those mobsters that's looking at a guy that the hit has been set up for and you know he's about to get whacked but you can't say anything and you want to whack him yourself but you can't because you know he has to be whacked in a specific way like you listen let me tell you something right now i want to whack this bastard you can't whack him now okay he needs to complete the deal he's the one that has the contact we can whack him after we get his contact i want to whack him now you can't whack him now you gotta wait that bastard so just be cool look like everything's great hey what's going on man everything's great buddy you look angry no i'm not angry at all I'm definitely not sitting here wanting to whack you, waiting to get your contact information so then you can be whacked by someone else in a way that will make people feel that it wasn't us that whacked you. Huh? Nothing. Because that's what it felt like. Watching that little bug eat the poison. I just want to take my hand and smash this little punk ass, but I can't. That's what it feels like when I use the gel instead of the spray. And it was great. I watched the little bug walk away all confident and looking at me like, ha ha ha, he didn't see me or ha ha ha, he saw me and he didn't do anything. And I'm thinking, ha 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 ha, enjoy going back to your nest, you little piece of crap. And over the next course in those next two days, I saw the bugs diminish. It went from me seeing five or six bugs to seeing two bugs to seeing one bug to seeing no bugs. And I knew somewhere in the walls, their little punk asses all died miserable deaths. And when I put a sandwich on the table, I could literally feel comfortable walking back to the refrigerator and knowing I could walk back and not have to make the kind of choice that made me want to do this segment of the podcast in the first place because now I can put a sandwich on the table and I ain't got to worry about some punk ass bug running out and jumping on it and I don't have to worry about some punk ass bug flying out of, out of, off the ceiling under my sandwich and I ain't got to worry about like when I was a kid opening up the window so some punk ass bug can fly in and land on top of my cheesesteak those bastards now, that was a long way, a long time of talking about this crap. But basically, I just wanted to ask you guys a question and you answered the question. The overwhelming majority of you on the people that have uh, answered on my social media sites and who, weirdly enough, have contacted me about this crap. You about 70 percent of you said you would just toss the sandwich. And current me agrees. Current me would also toss the sandwich. But there's a little part of me that's 
teenage me. There's a teenage me inside of middle-aged me that's going, come on, man. Just rip out the part of the sandwich that the bug touched and enjoy that sandwich. Well, current me, I want to go back in time to me back then and go, you nasty piece of crap. Throw that crap away and just charge it to the game, my friend. You don't need a sandwich that bad, you bastard. That being said, I would just like to say, dear bugs, stay away from our damn sandwiches. Signed, humans. Or we're either going to gel your ass or make a concoction and spray it on your ass or we're going to take our shoe and crush your asses, you little bastards. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Segment over. Okay, folks, I uh, was one of those people who enjoyed watching UFC 217. Now, this is not going to be a fight companion. As always, I'm using this to make a larger point. I'm just saying this to the new people. The older people are going, yeah, we know damn well you ain't going to be talking about that. You're just going to bring this up as a subject and you're going to use this to make a grander point. I know we're going to sit back and dig it. Go. Well, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm watching UFC 217. I've been a UFC fan since it began, since it's literally UFC 1. I was one of those people that actually paid for the pay-per-views back then. Yeah, yes, I did. So what, punks? But it was really an interesting thing to watch people come in and, you know, people that talk trash lose and to watch someone come back from a long layoff and win a championship belt. We're going to stick with that one for this for this particular segment. We're going to talk about George St. Pierre versus Michael Bisping. George St. Pierre was one of the greatest of all time. He leaves at maybe, I think he was 32 years old when he stopped after the, his last fight was against Johnny Hendricks. He leaves. He has some stuff he wants to take care of. Maybe he has some health issues because, you know, you, you've been fighting for your whole life. You get punched in the head for a long period of time. Maybe you want to chill a little bit. That's the way it is. He comes back after four years and he he's going to fight a champion that's a weight class above him after a four year layoff. And everybody and I'm, I and I know that well the odds makers say I don't really pay attention to what the odds makers say, because basically the odds makers are just basically just trying to adjust the odds to make sure that they keep the money even. So no matter what happens, they make money. So don't pay too much attention to what the odds say. Pay attention to what your mind tells you and pay attention to what people that you're actually talking to tell you, because all I kept hearing is, you know, George is a bad man, but he's been away for four years, man. You know, the game may have surpassed him, man. You know, so what happened to Ronda Rousey? She comes in, man, and she's the baddest woman on the planet. But then all of a sudden, everybody is focusing on her and the whole game is evolving. And eventually all the girls, 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 they all caught up to her. And now they realize that she can't strike as well. So they all, all the strikers are beating her up and all that. And I think the same thing is going to happen with George. He was away for a long period of time. I mean, if they could catch up to Ronda while she was actively fighting, man. And George has been away from the game and the guy's fighting is more advanced than the ladies game. So let me tell you something right now, man. I'm thinking George is going to come in. Right, and he's going to look pretty good because, you know, he's a great fighter, man. But he's 36 years old now, man. And he's fighting a guy that's 15 pounds heavier than him, man. And Michael Bisping has been acting the whole time, man. So George is going to come in, man. And I think George is going to get his ass whooped because he's just fighting a bigger guy. When you're fighting a bigger guy, it's just, it's just what it is. You can't, I mean, size is size and strength is strength, man. And then George St. Pierre knocks him down and chokes him out. Wins the belt. 
hasn't fought in four years, comes back, whoops Michael Bisping's ass and chokes him out, wins the belt. And there's a lot to be said for that. Because if you've ever, people always think that if you're away from the game, that, some, that the game is blown past you. That somehow you won't be able to fit in. Somehow you won't be able to get back to that level again. Why am I asking you this? Why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because this is how I feel about me early next year starting to do stand-up again. I never completely stopped. But life and certain things in my personal life and things I've been dealing with kind of took me away from it. Kind of took me away from it. And then all of a sudden the gaps between when I performed started to get wider and wider and wider. And it was a part of me that wondered, did the game pass me by in my absence? Because when I was in the game, I was thought of as, of, uh, as one of the better ones, as one of the best ones. That's a fact. No joking there. That's a fact. But the game kept going on while I was dealing with health issues and back issues and various other things that I had to deal with. And I haven't been performing the way I used to perform. And I haven't, there was, this has been a long stretch since I actually picked up the microphone and really did a real show. Has the game of stand up passed me by? Now, people remember what I was able to do the last time they saw me, but I was actively performing. Has the game of stand up? passed me by right I was in my 30s I am 49 years old now has the game of stand-up passed me by when I pick up the microphone will I just not know how to make people laugh again will I go on the stage thinking that I have the same powers to do what I used to do back then and only to find out that I just can't do it anymore hmm has the game of stand-up passed me by those are the thoughts that i was that's what i was thinking that's what i was thinking maybe i can't do it anymore maybe i'm too old to get back into the game maybe i just don't have it i should just just take the accolades and crap that i did when i did it actively and just look at it as a great thing that i did in the past and just just let that let it slide has the game of stand-up passed me by these were my thoughts And people were saying the same thing about George St. Pierre has mixed martial arts in those four years. Has it evolved to the point where he can't come back in and compete anymore? But George St. Pierre was a really great mixed martial artist. And as it turns out, still is. And he was watching and he was watching everybody and he knew what it was like to be great at that, what he did. And he realized, I can still do this crap. I'm still good enough to be a champion. In fact, I think I could be better because I still have enough physical ability. Plus, I have I've been I've have been I've been getting hit for four years. I haven't been getting actively fighting for four years. Everybody else has been getting beaten down. I haven't. I've been able to watch the game and study and see what's going on and compare myself to what I know I can do. And I could jump right back in there after doing some stuff off to the side that people don't know about. Jump back into the mixed martial arts and I could get that belt. I can get a belt. And that's what he had to have been thinking because he knew what it was like. He knew the preparation. He knew what he needed to do was get his body ready. He knew what he needed. He knew what signposts of activity he needed to hit. He knew what milestones he needed to hit. He knew what he needed to be able to do to perform at the highest levels because he had done it before. And he came back after four years, got into a ring with a guy 15 pounds heavier than him that had been fighting the whole time when he had not been fighting and he beat him down 
down, choked him, and goes home with a title belt. It's an interesting way to think about it. Because I've also been sitting and studying and watching people. I've been watching Netflix specials. I've been watching the, the performances on late night TV. I've been watching the people that have been getting these half an hour specials. I've been watching the people that have been getting on Comedy Central. I've been listening to all of these things. I've been watching what's been going on in the comedy world. And I know what I can do and what I'm capable of doing and what I've already done in the past. And what people know that I can do that have seen me perform. And the other comments are going, you got to come back, man. You got to come back, man. I know what I'm capable of doing and what I have done in the past. And I also know what I'm capable of doing in the future. And I've been sitting back and watching people. And I've been watching what's going on. And I'm starting to feel a George St. Pierre moment coming for yours truly. I'm starting to get the feeling that after I've been holding that mic and telling stories to drunk people for a little while, I'm going to start to get that feeling back. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start to feel like the old me. Nah, I'm not going to feel like the old me. I'm going to feel like the new me. And it's going to be on like pop, 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 popcorn. Now, unlike mixed martial arts, there's no belts for a comic comic to win or to take from somebody else. I'm not interested in that. To me, the belts that I will be wearing if things work out the way that I want to is me performing at the higher upper end of my abilities on a regular basis. And I truly believe when I pick the microphone up again regularly, there's going to be a spot really near the top for me. And I'm hoping you bastards will be coming along for the ride. I'm hoping that when you see me in your town, you're going to come out to see my punk ass. I'm hoping you're going to come and see me. You're going to support me. I'm hoping I'm going to be on stage for whatever length of time. And I'm going to do my thing. And you're going to go, man, this guy was is this guy was one of the best I've ever seen. I truly believe I'm going to have that. And to me, as a stand-up comic, standing on the stage with a bunch of people who've heard my podcast, a bunch of people who've seen me before, a bunch of people who've been seen me for the first time seeing me do my thing at the higher level of my ability hopefully i can give you in the stand-up world what makes what you think is the some of the best crap you've ever seen i want that george st pierre moment i want to have that belt called satisfied audiences around the world that i get to wear around my waist doesn't matter what somebody else does and it's not comp competing with anybody else this is me versus failure oh yeah i want to put that belt on i want to knock failure down and choke it out the same way mike Bisbing got choked out by george st pierre oh yeah but let me ask you a question my friends is there something that you were really good at that you want to do again, but you're kind of a you're kind of afraid to do it again because you haven't done it in a while. Hmm. Is it painting? Is it starting a business? Is it asking out a lovely lady or a good looking gentleman? Is it playing at guitar? Is it singing in a band? Is it painting? Is it whatever? Something that you were once good at, but for some reason it got taken away from you by circumstance, by inaction, by fear, whatever the hell it is. Was there something you're good at that you want to do again, but you've been away from it for such a long period of time, you're afraid to do it again? I did this segment because I feel your pain, my friends. There was a part of me that even though I was great at it, I realized that was a while ago. And I was, there was a tinge of, hmm. 
But folks, I can feel the stand-up version of a George St. Pierre moment coming, my friends. I can feel that warm, big, heavy metal belt being strapped around my waist. And I think that if you are good at something and you want to do it again, damn it, get your asses up. Get back in the field. Pick up that guitar. Pick up that microphone. Start that business. Do those crunches. Whatever the hell it is, do that crap because I'm going to get my belt in 2018, my friend. And you, my bastards, I want you to get your belt too. Oh, yeah. I want to be like George St. Pierre. I want to have my hands raised and I want to put that belt around my waist and be the champion again. And I know you do too. So, damn it. Let's get it done, you bastards. Yeah. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Segment over. Well, folks, this has been episode number 292 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. And I want to thank you guys very, very much, man. You guys have been really, really cool to yours truly. I appreciate the love. Thank you very much for all the follows on the social media sites. I appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. You guys mean a lot to me. And thank you for letting me know that I mean a lot to you, you bastards. Now, folks, if you're listening to this and you have not followed yours truly, me, me, me on social media. Well, guess what, punks? Get with it. Follow my punk ass on social media, damn it, because I do a lot of crap on the social media crap. That is not the crap I do on this crap. So you need to hear this crap and see that crap and get all the crap together because I do a lot of crap. And I think you'll like this crap, you bastards. If you're on Twitter, guess what, my friends? I am also on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter in one place because that's only for punks. I'm on Twitter in two places. For me, yours truly, the gentleman whose voice you're hearing right now, my Twitter is at S. Anthony Thomas. And the show is on Twitter as well, at S. Anthony Says. I'm also on Instagram. Surprisingly enough, S. Anthony Thomas is where I am on Instagram. Guess what, folks? I'm in other places, too, my friend. I'm in other places, too. This podcast is everywhere, baby. This podcast is everywhere. If you like iTunes, bam, I'm on iTunes. Stitcher Radio, bam, I'm on Stitcher Radio. iHeartRadio, blam, I'm on iHeartRadio. TuneIn Radio, pa-pow, I'm on TuneIn Radio as well, my friends. And the email address to contact yours truly. Some of you use it. I know some of you are new. So I'm going to mention this for the new people. The email for this show to contact yours truly and send declarations of love or show suggestions or declarations of love or wonderful positive reviews and genuflection and, you know, using words like delicious chocolate genius and declarations of love. There's only one place. I only have one email. What is it? It's talk to S. Anthony at gmail.com. T A L K T O S. Anthony at gmail.com. Folks, the home base for this podcast is S. Anthony says dot podbean dot com. Please rate and review this podcast. Please follow me on social media. Please tell your friends if you think your friends would like this weird crap. Please tell your friends. 
Much love to every last one of you. And I'm now going to say goodbye to you the way I say goodbye all the time. And you know how the way I say goodbye all the time. And I want you to say it with me. I know you're in your cars. I know you're in treadmills. I know you're walking down the street. I know you're on airplanes. I don't care if it's embarrassing. Do it with me on the count of three. You know what I'm going to say. And if you don't, listen to it, rewind it, and then play it again and then say it. Ready? One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out.